All right. That means you're listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. Kind of fired up that music. I don't know. It's the same music every time, but uh, makes me happy. So anyway, let's uh, begin with our prayer and then we'll get started. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family in Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I guess St. Joseph kind of got the double whammy there. He's in the Holy Family. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but anyway. You invoked him twice. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, not to be silly, um, but... Let's be a little bit silly. It's Friday. Bit, so it's right. Friday. Yeah, End of the work week. This on a Friday. So anyway, hey, Friday. We're, we were talking... Um, we were talking about the fact, I guess, at the end of the last show last week. Not, not me and Thaddeus were talking. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not on the radio show, but we were talking about the fact that the bishops of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops was getting together to um, talk about the Eucharist, and um, and we thought it might be a good day to kind of go back and talk about what the church has always taught uh, with regard to the Eucharist and how as parents we can help our children um, better understand and grow in devotion and understanding and everything um, that comes with at least the beginning of understanding uh, what God has given us in and through uh, Jesus's gift to us of himself in the Holy Eucharist. And so anyway, um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen, and I, it sounds like it sounds like. Yeah, and it's, it, it was also on my heart too because my third child just had his first first Holy Communion. Oh, congratulations! Back on the feast of Corpus, Corpus Christi. Christi, which we have one of Madison received hers here at St. Mary's when uh, now Bishop David Condorla was was the pastor here, and uh, it was pretty cool because they. And they may have done it here. I mean, she got to walk. I mean, she received First Holy Communion, and then they did a procession from afterwards, the Mass yes. afterwards. That's so, right. They pr- did. Pretty cool. Um, and it was also a beautiful day because the priest who gave him his First Holy Communion, Father Brian Eilers, who's the pastor at St. Joseph's Church in Brian, is the second cousin of my wife. No way. He <laughs> baptized Matthew and... Corpus Christi was the anniversary of his first mass as a priest. Oh my goodness, how awesome is that? So a confluence of a lot of things. Well, I'm a big Beautiful. Father Brian Eiler fan. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to him. I've known him a long time. Uh, hope to get to know him much better yeah. now that he's in town. So um, we'll get him on here. Get, yeah, I get, would get, love get him on I the would, mystery of parenthood. I would love that. I would love that. That'd be great. Him and his twin brother. Do you know he has a twin brother? Uh-oh, oh, phone. sorry. Trey's getting a phone call, folks. He's got something more pressing. Um, no, not more pressing. I, I forgot to press the off button on my phone. <laughs> that's that's about it. So uh, normally I'm pretty good about that. But, but not <laughs> it was good. It's silly. It's silly Friday. It is silly Friday. So y'all are listening to this on Tuesday, but you're getting the Friday. Yeah, you're getting the end uh, of the week kind of goofiness. Yeah, and there's plenty of that going mm-hmm. around. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so not better than COVID going around. That's exactly. For sure. Amen. Yeah, we need to spread the good news about the Eucharist. So, yes. Nice segue. That's better than a virus. That's very good. That's <laughs> but, very nice segue. But uh, anyway, so I, as a parent, we, we talk about it. I, I 
was fortunate enough to be able to teach the class for First Holy Communion for all but one of my children. Um, and I think it's so critical because you, you get a lot of feedback from parents that, that we understand a couple of things. One, that is the, the, the teaching on the Eucharist is something that needs to be taught long before they get to First Holy Communion. In fact, I would say that even just the simplest thing as to um, when they're younger as appropriate, um, teach them even to when the host is held up after consecration to just hear Jesus or, you know, hear, I mean, I'll, I'll, my Lord and my God or whatever mm-hmm. so that they know something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, the church teaches that there's a couple of things. One, um, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. So if we're going to raise our kids as Christians and it, and that gift of the most Holy Eucharist is the source and the summit, then it needs to be early on that we're pointing that. So how do we do that? I mean, a lot of it, a lot of, as my wife's always said, and I, I think it was said a long time before her, it's, it's, it's kind of a catchphrase, but so much is caught, <laughs> um, before it's taught, so to speak. So, so I think I think a couple things. I mean, when we go into mass, um, f- well, first when we're preparing for mass, that that it's it's seen as a not not an obligation, but an opportunity, something to be excited about. Something, hey, we're going to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be we're gonna be in His presence. You know, maybe dress a little bit more, maybe have a, you know, even after mass, make it something that, okay, this is a special day and, and where we are is a special event, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so that always should be that it should never be seen as, I used to always say we get to go to mass. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I'm blessed. I don't remember my kids ever complaining because it was never we have to. It was always we get to. And and understanding that the Mass, um, kind of the high point of the Mass is the consecration of the Eucharist, uh, that we focused on that and talked about what, what's going on at that point. So I love, I've heard, my kids have done it before. I've heard other kids. There's nothing that I enjoy more than a young child when the host is elevated, I've heard this multiple times. You can hear a little kid go, Jesus, mm-hmm. those parents have, have taught them. And a lot of people I've, I've had parents, particularly when I was teaching, they'll say, well, they can't, how, you know, they can't understand it. And, and I've always said a couple of things. I mean, can you understand it? I mean, it's, it's a matter of childlike faith, you know, so we have to accept it in the same way, no matter how much we, chew on it no matter uh, no pun intended no, no matter how much we i think that was a little bit intended uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure but the uh no matter how much we try to wrap ourselves around what the church teaches and what has always been taught um by the church about jesus's body blood soul and divinity being present there there's no um no way that we should limit until they can understand it it just needs to be a foregone conclusion that there he is and the time to do it is when they're as young as they can understand yeah i think that what you're you're preaching in the choir here in right. me you know because one of my one of my notes about what i wanted to talk about and what i where i thought we should start and we didn't even discuss where we should start uh-huh. and so this is this yeah. is really great is you have to model Absolutely. and be a witness of Eucharistic faith for your children, not not just when they're young, but the whole way through. Um, if if you want them to have Eucharistic faith, and Saint Augustine said, just in general, this is one of my favorite quotes from him that faith precedes understanding comes before 
understanding. And this is a perfect example of that. If you, if you desire to have greater belief in the Eucharist and the, the real presence, you have to, in some sense, start practicing that belief immediately. So, and that, and that goes to what you were talking about with making sure that you make mass and being at the Eucharist a priority in how you dress. Be reverent at right at mass and in the presence of the of the Eucharist. Explain to your children why we genuflect when we come in to and the direction the we gen- and genuflect. And the, you know. Right, right. We just <laughs> we don't just genuflect any old direction. Well, I mean, you go to some churches. We travel. I mean, you know, at St. Mary's, you genuflect the typical, dir- you know. But but I've been to places, and and that's a great teaching opportunity. Right. If you go. It, two reasons it's a, I and let's reiterate why we genuflect like we genu- because it. it is we're genuflecting to a person who is lord it's a sign it's a sign of reverence that's only due to him right. i mean and so to genuflect is to him not to the altar not to the priest not to anywhere else so when we when we walk in for those who travel um <laughs> you, you get the opportunity and maybe even sadly the the reality that sometimes Jesus in the tabernacle is hard to find. Um, yeah, I mean, literally hard to find. I mean, it, so I, we've done it a couple times where we walk in and the first thing that we did when they were younger was, okay, who's who can find who can find where Jesus is before Mass, and you, you can teach it. It's kind of it can be somewhat of a a game. I mean. You got to lo- you locate the the red lamp that's lit, and then of course the, mm-hmm. the tabernacle. But look for the look for the lamp, and uh, like I said, sometimes it's very hard to find. Um, but where it is? So I have walked into a church and then not found it till later. And when I found that it was at the back of the church, the opposite end, I've turned and genuflected back towards him, which shocks a few people, but more shocking in reality is somebody who genuflects when he's not the direction that they're genuflecting. Um, so, so, and we can as Catholics and I've done it before, not, not, not paid attention, but I think teaching your children and yourself, particularly when you're not going to a, a, a church where you've been before is it, if if you train yourself to say I'm going to find out where Jesus is when I walk in, then you're you're naturally. I mean, you're you're putting yourself in the right perspective. I'm going to see him. That's mm-hmm. what we're here for, mm-hmm. and therefore finding him and 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 honoring him before we start is essential to that. Mm-hmm. And so it can it can get everybody on the right page. Mm-hmm. I think another way that you you model and witness to this Eucharistic faith and you and and then it will it will necessarily grow in yourself if you if you do these things or this thing is bringing another sacrament making another sacrament more central in your life and that's confession because yes. going to confession regularly and and showing your children that you go to confession regularly and talking about why it's important to go regularly because we want to be in a state of grace before we receive the Eucharist. And why do we need to be in a state of grace before we receive the Eucharist, Trey? Well, because a state of grace means that we're we're in a position to receive all the grace that's coming in. We're not blocking that. One of the, one of the tools that we used when they were younger which is again kind of a fun experiment. They can understand at at the beginning. You know, you could take two mason jars. All right, you can take one that's completely empty and fill it with water, and you could take a, another one, have it empty, and you could pour it into that. And so, okay, here's everything that is coming from this, and pouring it into the other, and it all fits. That would be full of grace if water's grace. We use rocks. <laughs> But you could you could use, I mean, if you really want to get it, you could use oil or something like that where it would where it would separate, mm-hmm. and and I I don't think we did it with oil, so I, my assumption would show that you couldn't fit as much water 
in one, and that's a great way. The thing I like about the little ones is you can put pebbles in and bigger ones and, and say, though, okay, these are the sins that are filling us up. Venial, because it's still pouring, um, it's still pouring in, but it limits the ability to receive all that's potentially could be offered, that's being offered. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a good, you can talk about that. You put something over it, it would be like a mortal sin. You've cut it off. It shows that God's still pouring. Now, don't do that in the middle of the living room or anything. But 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 it shows that it's pouring. I mean, God's open. You just want to remove, you need to be able to remove the thing that's covering it. But a mortal sin would be like that. God's still pouring the grace, still available, still offering. But we're not ready. Um, we're not in a position to receive it fully. So what confession does is allow is allow us and to do it on a Saturday or to do it relatively frequently, you know, if you can do it once a month, that that that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I know, but certainly more than, you know, twice a year, which would kind of be, you usually have it pretty easy to do, to find one in, in, in uh, Advent and then to find one again in Lent. But you think about that as a pretty big length of period of time from, from uh, Easter to uh, Christmas. So mm-hmm. to get in a habit of doing that, is is really important, and again, all my kids love it. You know, the more they love to go to confession, they don't they don't love it. But they, if you do it enough times, if you if you take them and show them, no matter how fearful or concerned they might be, it goes away with time, and then they they can recollect pretty quickly if you do it frequently enough how much it made them feel better. They can almost a tangible sense of of yes, a release, and so the more you do that, then there's there's nothing greater as a as a dad than to have a kid in college that you know, uh, you know, I just came home from confession. I didn't tell them to do that; that they went. That's a, that's a that's a great thing. But again, modeling that and understanding and, that the, that sin gets in the way, blocks God's pouring grace. He's always wanting to give us grace. I mean, it, it's it's never not being offered. It's our ability to receive it. And again, grace elevates our nature. So we want to clear a path, so to speak, or open up a all of us, potentially, uh, the best we can to receive all the grace. Yeah. And I think making it a part, making confession a part of when you are raising your children, making confession a part of their coming back into communion with you and your spouse and the rest of the family if they have done something that's seriously wrong a like a real a real major um could be a really major blow up uh over something where they just really lost lost control or a major a major mistake but helping them helping them to model that when they when they make serious mistakes part of getting whole again and being in a position to be back in communion with Christ and to receive him in the Eucharist is to, is to go to confession is to make, is to make that, uh, that good confession. Cause right. I think that, and because that's what you should be, that's the light, that's the way that you should be living too. And you want to instill that in, into your, into right. Your and children. so they should be, it should be something that, that same to take your children, even as old, you know, older. I mean, I went, I remember over Christmas, we went and visited and I felt like I needed to go. I, f- I was in another town. I f- looked around and found one that I could go to. And one of my sons was like, mm-hmm. Hey, can I go with you? I mean, those type of things are memorable. They're meaningful. And they're just coming out of, I mean, I need, I needed to go. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, so, it was nice that I said, where are you going? I'm, I'm gonna, I found a confession over about 30 minutes from where we are, um, closest one I could find. And, he, you know, hey, let me come with you. And so anyway, I That's think so this awesome. is, but, it, but, it, but so grace, part of it, part of grace, the, the, the access to grace is always there. I mean, it's, it, it's always available, uh, confession, any, any of the sacraments. But we have to have our disposition has an impact on 
how well <laughs> that grace is able to operate in and through us. And and part of that is knowing what we're receiving. Right. Um, but also part of that is knowing what we've put in the way, so to speak, what we filled our mason jar with mm-hmm. that is keeping it from fully being able to do all that it would like to do in, in us. I don't know the, that might be a cachechism term, but 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 for it to operate, disposition in terms of the way that we understand what's happening, what we need to do, and and its its effects are all things that impact our ability. If we don't know, if somebody doesn't have a devotion to it and just is going through the motions, is the grace there? Absolutely. But. For somebody who's just, it's just something that I've always done on a Sunday, it it won't have the impact because it's basically being blocked. You know, it's there, but we have something to do with the grace that's being offered. And so to teach our children that that's it. And so like like you said, faith preceding um, understanding, uh, and then you seek to understand in order to grow in your faith— we always start with giving our kids the truth. There, there he is, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And, and you don't have to qualify that, you know, <laughs> you don't have to do it, but as they grow older, another thing, understanding the sacraments and understanding the sacrament, I'll say it because, you know, visible sign of an invisible reality instituted by Christ to confer grace. And I mean, if you just taught, that God has given us signs in the form of sacraments that are also efficacious. They actually do what they symbolize. And that that in doing what they symbolize, God is giving grace to us and that understanding of a, a truly Christian understanding of grace, unmerited gift, but we're not deserving that, mm-hmm. but offered to us. But it's more than just that. It's an unmerited gift that actually elevates our nature. It actually it it works on us to help us become more than we would be had we not received that. And again, that's that's accepted in faith as well. I mean, you ha- you have to you have to accept. I may not feel like I'm changing, mm-hmm. but I know that if Jesus is here and I have proper disposition, I tried to prepare myself for this, and I've been reverent. I'm going to trust that even though I don't. Feel that's the great thing about the sacraments. We don't have to feel anything, right? We just have to trust that what Jesus taught and what His Church has taught is true, and just accept it in faith. And then over time, I've always found that if I go to confession, eventually certain things I struggle with end up noticeably being less hard to struggle with mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because that's the effect of grace. So, yep. And I think. So then another, we talked about um, ascent and um, great faith preceding understanding. But I, then I think it does, you know, you do get to the understanding stage with, your, with your children as well. And when, and when the time is appropriate to start really trying to, to teach them some of the, the truths, the scriptural truths, the, the magisterial truths around the, the Eucharist. And I think... You know, one of the best, the kind of the go-to place in Scripture first is John chapter six. I would right. I would say, and I think being willing to read that to them um, and sit around and talk about it as as a family and and try to just discuss it as a as a family and and one of the you know I think there's a lot of things we can say for a few minutes on, on the sixth chapter of John, but I think one of the important keys to bring out to them there is that our Lord, he makes it very clear that receiving his body worthily and regularly is what will bring you eternal life. Right. He says that 
Uh, I'm trying to find it here. I lost it. I had it and I lost it. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And And I will raise him him up up on the the last last day. day. That's good stuff. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) he's... He's saying there that if you are worshiping him without receiving the Eucharist, that you're you you're not going to have eternal life. I mean that's right. what it, that's how I read. That's it is, what it says I, to me. I don't in this translation the next line, which which I think and, and I highlight it because it it kind of is, you know, eats the flesh of the Son of Man. You know, you could that, but the very next line he says, "As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father." So he who eats me, mm-hmm. not, not even my father, he, he who eats me will live because of me. And so, yeah, I mean, that's you can't <laughs> you can't get any more clearer than that. My you know, my professors in theology used to always say, "What does the text say?" Well, the text is pretty clear here. I mean, you can do mental, you can do gymnastics around a lot of things, but you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta reckon it with what actually was said, mm-hmm. and what actually is said here is that. And he doesn't say it just a few times. I mean, earlier on, I'm the living bread. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread which I and so I this get is grief. the bread which comes down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Right. So, so I'm in good company. My kids always say, Dad, you've kicked a dead horse. You keep saying, <laughs> like, well, I'm trying to make sure you actually understand. I'm trying it. to be Christ-like. I'm trying to be, <laughs> I don't know. If, I'm just noticing that, like, here in just a short period no, of time, yeah. he, he's like, okay, if you, just in case you didn't get it. Right. And then, and then the, the sad thing is the very next thing, some of his disciples, some of his followers, when they heard it, said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Mm-hmm. And Jesus looks back at his disciples, Peter and, the, and those, and he says, do you take offense at this? And I think it it can be something that can be offensive and you, you can walk away from. And it said there's many that walked away from him, but he doesn't like, okay, guys, I'm just, I'm just being figurative here. I mean, he, he doesn't, he, he kind of doubles down and says, so turns after that and he said so will you will you also go away he's not he's not saying hey just kidding or i meant this as figurative he's going no they understood it and they're choosing to not accept it will you go and i love you know peter is my confirmation uh saint and and um you know he says to whom where where else are we going to go I mean, um, yeah. you have the words of eternal life, and we believe, and we've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so, but I think we have to, I think we have to be willing to present that text to our our children, and 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 hear it ourselves, hear it ourselves too. Of this is what's at stake. Right, our, our eternal life, salvation is at stake with with the Eucharist. That if we're if we're keeping ourselves away from it because of. Uh, maybe serious sin that we're not willing to correct or we're staying away because we have, you know, a lukewarm faith about it. We don't think it's that important. Um, if we're staying away from it because we aren't, we aren't in communion with, with the Catholic church, then yeah, we're I, putting ourselves in jeopardy. Well, and you're, and you're putting, and you're, you, you line this up with the fact, and it makes total sense. If if we're Christians, then Jesus has to be the center. Yeah. And so not just what he says, but the church, what he's given in the Eucharist is the source and summit. So if we're going to be Christians, that source is made available to us in the Eucharist, but it's going to have to actually come. We have to receive it. Right. And I love, I've talked to my kids, I've had, you know, I've had kids at times say, it's so, it's hard to believe. And I, and I said, yeah, say the prayer. I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, I trust in you. You said it. I believe it because you said it. And, and again, that's faith preceding. So there's faith 
preceding in terms of like, okay, you get taught the truth, but, but sometimes in the way, like if there's anybody out there that's maybe struggling with this belief, I've, I've learned many times from priests that I've talked to, you know, they'll say, well, just then just ask him, you know, Lord, help me to have a deeper devotion. Lord, give me, give me a deeper insight into this. Help me to understand more, but I'm not going away. You said it. I believe it. Help my unbelief. And that's a good prayer always. I mean, um, I also think that the, you know, when uh, we'll, uh, old school used to always, you know, at the, um, when, they, when the priest after consecration holds up the host and after consecration holds up the cup, the chalice, um, with his blood and with his body and blood, soul and divinity, that, that the, to say what St. Thomas said when he came back as somebody who didn't, my Lord and my God. Mm-hmm. Um, is a good habit to get into. Um, because again, that's a profession of faith based on what's being presented. So he holds up Jesus after the consecration. Mm-hmm. It, old school, you you know, you, you under your breath, say, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, which is, if you think where it comes from, it's coming from the one who said, I will not believe until, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a response in belief to seeing it. So... There's lots of helps for you parents because where it has to start from you is not don't teach this like I know how to do two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that is that you've embraced. And if you're struggling with it, hey, listen, we all struggle with it, but we have to accept it and then ask for the grace to understand it, fall more deeply in love with him and keep returning to that. So um, I remember multiple things. You know, I, I remember my grandfather, you know, saying, my Lord and my God, I can remember him when they'd stopped doing the striking, my striking the breast that he would still strike his breast, Yeah, you know, and point us to the, to the, um, tax collector. That's what I got raised. My father still does that. That's what he raised me, me to. I, I do that. And, and I remember, and I, you know, now it's part of, it's part of at least during the confitore at the mm-hmm. beginning, but but I can remember him doing it. Have mercy on us, you know, and then the Lamb of God, you know, yep. Lamb of God, you know, him striking his breast for the for the two lines that end. Have mercy on us. Um, I'm a sinner, and I think that's so. The great thing about the church, I just talked to a bunch of people that are looking at coming into the church about sin and salvation. A great story to remember is to teach the kids is the prodigal son, the son who, who left and how the father responds to his return. All we have to do is turn around and come back. Even just let me, you know, I think the devil wants us in every way, shape or form to continue to walk away, or I'm not going to come back until I understand, or I'm not going to do this. But the answer is actually just to turn around and come back Yep, because Unlike many of us, you know, the God the Father, as the prodigal son um, is meant to show, runs. I, I I love there's an old song, you know, he ran, he ran to me, which is told, which is a song that was from, you know, and you can almost hear the cry in the voice of the person saying, "He ran to me." I, you know, I was going back, and he ran to me. Yeah, he didn't wait on me. I just turned around and started coming back, and he was looking for me. He wanted me to come back. That's the vision that we have to teach our children. And what are we doing? That's what we're doing. When we go to confession, we're turning around. We're repenting. We're saying, no, I'm, I, I, I want to do better. I know that what I've done has blocked off or at least limited your ability to have an impact in my Met, life. Metanoia, Met, right? Metanoia, yeah, which is literally, a turn, literally a, turning around. Turning around. Like I'm going one direction, I turn around. Which, by the way, if you go to a baptism— Pope Benedict talks about this and it's really cool is and if you go to the, the Easter vigil you know they'll say do you re- do you reject satan you know and 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 even in that before he gets to do you believe in god the father almighty so the beginning is do you reject satan i do do you reject all of his works and works empty and pro- promises and, and empty promises i do and 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 that 
Pope Benedict says that's actually showing I'm rejecting that. And then now, do you believe in God the Father? It's literally, in words, a turning around. And so I reject that, and now I want to head back this direction. And so those are just things the church gives us. So just remember this. Ultimately, the liturgy for centuries, <laughs> if you think about it, we didn't have a Bible. I mean, there was not a You couldn't go. It wasn't because there was no printing presses. There were things. It was not something that somebody could pick up. The liturgy was the teaching tool of the church. That's how the church stayed true to what was there because of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. And so going to the Mass, look at the Mass, read what's being said. You can learn so much from it and point out to your children the things that are being said. You know, I mean, even at the when you pour the... I mean, there's so many things. It's, it is such a great teaching tool. Because if you just talk about the, when, the, when the wine and bread are brought up, that, you know, that's a, that's a sign of, of the fruit of our labor, the stuff, because bread and wine are things that there's multiple people involved. I mean, wine just doesn't, I mean, somebody's got to pick the grapes. Somebody's got to stomp on the grapes. Somebody's got to do this. And then, I mean, and then it's got to sit there and be transformed. And bread, you know, has to have the wheat picked. It has to get crushed. I mean, all the stuff that has to happen for those two things, actually because that's what he picked, is a sign to us that that's, that's our offering right. of, of what we have. And it, it was not just ours, but it's everybody else's because bread typically is not it, – it's going to take multiple people for bread to come from the wheat field to where it's something we can eat. It's going to take multiple people with different skill sets to go from grapes on the vine to wine. wine. And then there's something that happens that's almost out, outside the hands of the person who's doing it. They put it together. It's almost like, you know, we, we put the yeast in, I guess, both. Uh, not, not a huge, I know you do it in bread. But the, but there's something that happens. It's kind of like planting plants. I mean, you do everything you know, but you actually have no control over when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. That transformation from this dough to bread and from these grapes to wine is a sign of that. So mm. focus on focus on that. That's a great way to teach that that's what's being offered. So that we're bringing up all of our things, and that's the way we should think as the Mass is going on. We should teach our children. We've talked about with permission and even without permission if you're not going to do it, but we used to get permission for the kids to be able to write something down that they put in the basket. Don't do that without permission. (laughs) But but at a minimum, they might want to think, this is something I want to offer. Ultimately, you want to offer your entire self. Right. Well, and that that brings us to talking about the sacrificial aspects of right. the Eucharist and that when you're, when you're doing that, when we're making that offering, we're, we're making ourselves, like you said, that sacrifice that's being put on the altar. We're putting our shortcomings. We're putting our faith, our hope in Christ, what we want to be transformed and, and turned around into and, and, and become more like him we're putting that on the altar with those with those gifts so that Christ through the priest can transform us with the Eucharist right. just as he's transforming those gifts into the Eucharist. Yes? Right. So it's it's I mean he's ultimately trying, we're meant to offer ourselves because what's happening is is we're we are so the mass understood as a sac, as a sacrifice at least is it's Christ being offered I I mean Christ is offering himself to God the Father eternally, you know, with, with what he did. And, mm-hmm. and he's opened up for us to unite ourselves with him in that offering. So any pain, any successes, ultimately our entire self is meant to un- unite ourselves with what Christ is doing on the cross, which is exactly. being represented there. And so we're we're offering ourselves and then it gets then it gets transubstantiated, it gets changed in from bread and from wine to the body, blood, soul, and divinity 
of Jesus, and then it's offered back to us right. to where we become, we receive. So we give Jesus, his, we unite ourselves with that offering. He, it's changed, and then it's offered back to us so that we actually receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity, right. into us. And it's not that Christ is being crucified again. No. It's the one perfect sacrifice that extends through time because because he's God's he's, not in time. Right, he's so he's it's he's that that's what had to happen. It's it's sacramentally. It, he is 100% God and 100% man. Because he's man, it happened in time. Because he's man, it's something that's accessible to us as man because it's being offered to us. But because it's God because he's God, it's it's outside of time. So that's I mean we're actually when we're at mass, pray for the grace to understand we are entering into something eternal, something that's outside of time. There's a supernatural element. I don't know if that's the right word or not. Don't quote me if I get a good theologian. That's not it. But but the reality is that we're entering into heaven, even though it's you know the fifth pew. You know, it's or heaven is or, penetrating. Or heaven is penetrating Earth. us. I mean, it's 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 that bringing together. I mean, I was you know another thing. The sign of the, the cross itself is that intersection that occurs. You know, when you see a crucifix and Jesus is hanging on that, you have a vertical beam, exactly. which is that which is that aspect of heaven and earth coming together. And then you have the horizontal beam, which is meant to show the communion of the church. That's why his arms are across that thing. So it's a great sign, and he's at the center of it all. He is who unites us as individuals down here, and he's who unites us with God yep. eternally. And so that's yep. that sign's beautiful. You know, the the dropping of the of the watch when they do when the priest drops a little drop of water into the cup. Uh, I don't remember the exact words that are said. Humbled himself to take on our humanity, but but it unites the. That, but what what needs to be understood about that is that wine represents Jesus and what He accomplished. That fullness, that color, if it if it's colored, it just has to be grape wine. But if it is that 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 drop is all of our offerings, which He's allowing to be offered, added to His perfect offering. So we're uniting ourselves with Him. That's what why it's called Holy Communion. Holy because. Only God is holy in communion because we come together um, in union with him. That's the definition of holiness, really, is to be in union with the source of all holiness. So we have access to the Trinity through Jesus Christ because that's the plan. Right. And the center of that, the source of that, is the most holy Eucharist. Yeah, yeah, less... Less important is is the fact that we're in communion with one another, or that cannot that cannot really be true, or really have any meaning that we're united with one another in the congregation, right? If we're not all united to what to unites Christ. us, it's Christ who unites us. Is that we're we're members of His mystical body, and He is the head, and it's our union with Him that that gives us that. Otherwise, otherwise, all, otherwise, the only communion we have with one another is just a kind of, you yeah. know, vague. We're all humans together, or we're all, which, ca- which kind of gathered, gathered together. But it's it's it. Yeah, it's we have mystical. to get a sense, and we have to get a sense of understanding. This is in faith as well. There's only, there's only one source of all unity, lasting any lasting unity, right? is unity itself, which is the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And we have access to that. So if we want stronger marriages, access through the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. If we want, if we want, you name it, to be better, mm-hmm. whatever we do, it's that. If we want to work better with other people, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to get back to, Understanding that that's ultimately a gift. Any long-term um, union is somehow a participation in the never-ending 
union is God, which is what heaven will be. And so, and we have to be willing to courageously say that it, the Catholic church is the ultimate non-denominational church. And that's, that's what people need to be inside of because that's the church that Christ founded. He said that he wanted that church to be the visible sign of his unity on, on earth. And that's the church that has him to this day to offer to anyone who is a part of it. Right. And so there's one perfect offering. It was that perfect offering is what the second person, the Holy Trinity, the son of God became man and offered himself. And so in uniting himself with humanity, he now can offer himself to us and our humanity and our, and when we offer ourselves back together with him, what, you know, I've always said this, what, what, what God sees is first Jesus and what he's, what he's doing. And it's kind of through Jesus's eyes. And we think about him on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. So we always run back. He's always trying to <laughs> unify us with his father. He wants us all there. So see it as, um, I mean, it's, it is love. It's, it is love itself. I mean, he is giving himself freely, sacrificially, everything. So you, you mentioned, so sacrifice. So we unite our sacrifices, our struggles. I think we've talked about this before. The idea of a meal, that it's sustenance as well, you know, to, you know, Viaticum, we, we, food we, for the journey, food for the journey. We eat and we drink for multiple reasons. One is for the strength for the journey here and then viaticum, you know, um, typically is given or at least that term is used, but yeah. I mean, it could be used for here as really well. Could. I mean, it's strength for the journey. Yeah. I, I need to eat right Get from this day to the next day. Right. And so, and, and, and there's that sense of a meal meals also celebratory. That's why it's, you know, it's, a, it's usually a feast. I mean, that's what it's viewed as it's, it is remembering in our minds, but also making present in and through the Eucharist. So it's, it's there. There's always this both and there is a sense of sign, but, but never particularly in the sacraments sign only. Uh, it actually is what it signifies as being made present right. in that. And so it's, it's efficacious. It, it actually does what it signifies. Um, and so, or God does what he's signifying through that. And so we have to remember it's a feast. It's a celebratory day because that's every, every time we go to mass, we're remembering what happened. So we got to take that into account. And then presence is, is the other one, which we talked about earlier. So those three things are typically the three layers and that, that are kind of talked meal, sacrifice and presence are typically the three things that are taught in that you know, way, shape, or form. Okay. But anyway, um, so think about what a meal is. Think about what it means to be in the presence of some of someone you love and someone that loves you. I mean, that's that's why. Why would you ever want to be late for that? Why would you ever want to leave early for that? Why would you, I mean, if you're around, if you're with somebody who loves you and who you love, you know, I love now, you know, we always would stay after Mass. Not after, I mean, we'd, Go to go to communion, come back, and then after the, this is not required. It's not, but the but but they we believe that Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity is actually in us until the di, until our digestive system fully moves it into our bloodstream. A lot um, of people say about fifteen minutes. Yeah, so so we you know after you know we. We receive, you know, there's the time there, but even afterwards, that's what I love about St. Mary's. Usually there's a song afterwards. The cool thing is, is that, you know, if you raise your kids doing that, it wasn't like, okay, we got to stay until this. Frequently it would be because I want to stay. And then they learned to kneel. And now, you know, when they're come home for church, most of the times I, I, you know, I don't pay attention. Steph doesn't pay attention. We just do what we always do. But then I look down and they're all, they're all still praying as people are leaving. Again, that's not a, tooting of horn, but, but that's where you want your kids. The witness is rubbing off. Yeah. They caught that. And we talked about it. Hey, I just, you know, that's some more quiet time with 
his presence right right with me and right. i want to hear what he has to say i want i want to savor his presence you know instead of like let's get out of here now sometimes you have to go i mean sometimes you got you got some place yeah. that you have to be but yeah. if you have the t- the opportunity then that's great so i think it's especially important to you know when uh, we can kind of return to where we started from of of modeling for them the 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 belief and when right. when you receive the eucharist you know receive it reverently bow your head don't be looking all over the place when you are walking back to your seat and come and kneel down and and really spend that time with with our lord in the eucharist right. and let him let him affect your thoughts and your and your feelings and try try to be quiet not only with your mouth but actually with your mind and right. just be just be in, with in, him in the presence yeah, yeah. so anyway uh hopefully that was um helpful and maybe got a few few ideas on how uh, you can work with um with your children to keep them there and maybe challenge you a little bit as well so anyway as my wife always says pray parent with a purpose and prepare for god to amaze you and he will. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless you guys. And um, we'll see you soon. Bye. From the cross to the grave into heaven. From the cross.